Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 15th day of December in the year of our Lord, 2023. I will be talking today about how the pillars that made modern civilization possible are under attack from those who say they want to save the planet from climate change. To save the earth, they tell us we must dismantle the very building blocks of civilization. Before I start, though, I remind you that next Friday and the one after that are Fridays before Christmas and New Year's Day, so I will be in a festive mood. I hope you are as well. The hectic holiday mindset that we all have this time of year. I will talk to you then again, God willing, on Friday, January 5th, 2024. This is December, the holiday season for most Americans, the festive atmosphere well underway. We get ready for Christmas with our families, especially our children, as we love to enjoy the excitement of Christmas with them, family gatherings, office parties, shopping for presents, and attending holiday festivities occupy our time and make December a time of vacation for many, but one of the busiest and most hectic months of the year for many others. At the same time, another group of people on the other side of the world, many of them Americans, have been meeting to discuss how they can continue the destruction of the very things that make civilization possible, the ideas and policies being espoused by the thousands of global leaders in attendance at the COP28 meeting, if enacted, will cause irreparable harm to billions of people and will literally dismantle modern civilization. For example, at the beginning of the conference, the Secretary General of the United Nations was there. He spoke. Antonio Gutierrez, he told the attendees and the people of the world, quote, we must ultimately stop burning all fossil fuels, end quote. He didn't say we should reduce or slow down their use. He said we must stop burning fossil fuels. When a climate change official says we, then he, of course, means you. The billionaire class is not bothered by any climate change goals or directives because only the rest of us in the peasant class will feel their effects. Fossil fuels, including coal, oil, and natural gas, have been powering economies of the world for over 150 years they currently supply about 80% of the world's energy, and cheap energy is the lifeblood of modern civilization. It is literally the lubricant that allowed peasants to escape feudal life and enter what was once the middle class here in America in the absence of cheap energy. Supplied by fossil fuels, the machinery of economic progress grinds to a halt. I compare those who seek to destroy fossil fuels and deprive the people of the world of their use to the actions of an enemy nation in a war for survival. They represent the enemy. They seek control of oil supplies to deprive us as their enemy of their use. In other words, protecting humanity's access to and use of fossil fuels is a matter of survival. Cheap energy powers our homes, allows us to live in relative comfort. We can live in the Arizona desert or the north of Alaska because access to cheap energy without it, life in much of the country would quickly become untenable. Economic growth, technological advances are so dependent on cheap energy that its use directly correlates with the quality of life for the people who reside in America. The leaders 
of this nation apparently do not have the best interests of the nation's people at heart. They follow the wishes of the billionaire class. They shun cheap energy use for us, but of course not for them. Cheap political points, but not cheap energy, seem to be their concern as they seek favor from the ruling class rather than from us. We should act to correct their thinking while we still have at least some capacity to do so. The constant saber-rattling against energy-producing nations like Russia, those of the Middle East, is stupid and idiotic. Sanctions against Russia as if America's leaders somehow have a superior moral standing in this world are the height of hypocrisy. That, that is Washington's rules-based international order, which Washington makes the rules. Other nations just follow them. Sometimes other countries follow Washington, sometimes they don't, so the world divides accordingly. Germany followed the rules established by the U.S. after World War II and imposed economic sanctions on Russia. The only thing the sanctions have accomplished for Germany is to launch the German economy on a long-term decline and deprive the German people of the use of the very cheap Russian gas. It's stupid, self-destructive, but people find themselves forced to do what is not in their best interest. What it comes down to is that with cheap energy, Germany is perhaps the second most powerful economy in the world without cheap energy. It is a state in economic decline. That result is in keeping with the history of nations whose people harness cheap energy and thereby experience innovation, wealth, middle-class lives for their people. What this means for COP21 leader Mr. Gutierrez is that he must know that he is calling for nothing short of a social and economic catastrophe for humanity or the literal regression of mankind. He doesn't seem to care, but we should care before it's too late. Even if we assume that what the climate disaster people tell us is factual, the world must switch to what they call renewable sources of energy. The world is not even close to being able to accomplish that switch. There is no way solar and wind can supply constant sources of energy that are necessary to power the modern world. These facts serve to illustrate to us what people like Mr. Gutierrez are actually planning for us. If we were somehow able to follow his demands, the world would grind to a halt. Life, at least life as we know it in an economic sense, would cease on the earth. Maybe that's what they have in mind for us, folks. But in any event, we, the people of planet Earth, should not humor their fantasy any longer. Russia and China are certainly not going along with the COP28 agenda, though they may pretend to for their own political reasons. China is the world's largest importer and user of coal. Russia is the world's largest exporter of coal despite U.S. economic sanctions. India, with its billions of people, is the world's largest importer of coal from Russia, again, despite U.S. sanctions. I suspect that the BRICS nations now, with the addition of several others, have formed their coalition to resist the suicidal economic policies of the West. They see economies dying. They would prefer to continue their existence rather than to join the dead. One wonders whether the people running things in Washington and all over the West have any idea what they're doing. They pay lip service to the developing world. They're desperate to have those resources, rich countries on their side, but the developing world is beginning to see what is happening. More and more of Africa and Asia are pulling away from the West, joining 
with the BRICS nations in various economic projects. I conclude that they see the attitude of the BRICS as the best future for them, despite many non-economic advantages the West has to offer. Countries across Africa are scrambling to throw off the last vestiges of Western colonialism and accept colonialism from Russia and China, although they pretend they don't see it that way. Russia has become perhaps the world's leader in exporting nuclear technology. Africa is the leader in buying it. Countries across Africa, although resource-rich, are standing in line to buy Russian nuclear plants. Between the suicidal drive of the West, the sociopathy of Russia and China, the countries of Africa are not choosing the one that means suicide. Once again, we as Americans should be asking ourselves, <clears throat> whether the people running this country have any idea what they're doing. It appears they don't, but somehow they just keep being elected time after time, and their incompetence is more and more evident, but one seems to notice. At least they pretend not to notice. The elite, like the people at COP28, apparently don't even see us as individual people, but just some mass some mass that must be controlled and pruned like a farmer prunes his fruit trees. They give us the pretense of helping humanity, but they seek only to destroy it. Mass immigration, for example, is not about helping migrants, but about destroying national identity. Our identity is taken from us because national identity is labeled nationalism. Bad word, because Hitler and Stalin were nationalists. The idea of national identity has caused all the wars of the last century, they tell us. So it's bad. It's bad. You should welcome our destruction of your identity. They want us in a position of subservience to them, so we must be completely isolated, unconnected to any language, culture, family, or the land under our feet. Unless we realize what is being taken from us and resist, they, the globalists, the elite, We'll destroy our once-shared communities, our culture, our language. We will be just a mass without religious roots, without identity. <clears throat> Therefore, we will be much more easily manipulated and controlled. They tell us that if we allow ourselves to be robbed of all the things we once held dear and were willing to die for, climate change will cease. The earth will be saved. So cheap energy is the first pillar of modern civilization, therefore the first one to be attacked. Meritocracy is the second. Coincidentally, meritocracy, like cheap energy, is under severe attack from the global elite. It is simply the principle that talent, effort, hard work, and achievement are the basis for progress and recognition in our society. It is a cornerstone of a free society because... The concept of fairness and achievement depends on it. In the absence of a true meritocracy, there can only be a system like the old Soviet Union system. The jokes were something like this. We're in the tenth year of our five-year plan for the Soviet economy. The jokes were sometimes funny, sometimes not so funny. Jokes like, we pretend to work, they pretend to pay us. Is that what we want, folks? Is that where we're headed? Who would choose that system of political favors over a true meritocracy, and yet that seems to be our direction. In a meritocracy, individuals achieve opportunities based on their abilities and their merits rather than their social status and background, a culture of excellence. 
And innovation is encouraged because people know that success and achievement are possible with hard work. No one will be chosen over you because of anything other than merit. Economic efficiency functions at maximum in a society based on merit, but down, top-down control is more and more possible when a ruling elite decides what success and failure are based on. So the COP28 conference ended the day before yesterday in Dubai. The 85,000 attendees piled into their limousines and headed to their private jets, having lectured the rest of humanity on how they will be required to live in poverty so that feudal lords can enjoy their luxury. They declared this the end of the fossil fuel era. Well, it was a pretty good era, folks. Having lifted mankind from the feudal dark ages, to the modern world. The modern world was good while it lasted, but our rulers tell us it has to go. John Kerry headed the U.S. delegation, and he assisted in the preparation of the final resolution of the conference in which he, quote, demanded that nations transition away from fossil fuel energy systems in keeping with the, quote, science. The tyrants of climate science demand that we, the world's people, close all coal-fired energy plants as well as those powered by gas or a combination of coal and gas. Further production of coal, oil, and natural gas must be eliminated, they tell us, because the science demands it. Keep in mind that these resources constitute over 80% of the world's supply of energy. Keep in mind that Electricity and solar panels cannot be produced without large amounts of coal, oil, or gas. The tyrants of COP28 want the world to produce billions of solar panels, which would require billions of tons of coal, and when produced would occupy vast tracts of the Earth's surface. They are, it appears, deliberately trying to create shortages of coal, oil, and gas in keeping with their depopulation war on humanity, finally, folks, why would various nations of this world in which we live adopt a depopulation agenda for their people? The answer is that evil is now the official policy of the once great nations of the Western world. At least that's the way I see it until Friday, January 5th, folks. This is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.